0: Hi, this is François Larose with Bereskin & Montreal, and you're listening to IP Fridays.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert – We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more.
2: Welcome to episode 77 of IP Fridays. Today's interview guest is François Larose of Bereskin and & Par, and he speaks with us about the new French language requirements for trademark owners in the province of Quebec in Canada. Before we jump into this interview, Ken tells us more about the World IP Day on April 26th.
1: Ralph, mark your calendars for April 26th. That's World Intellectual Property Day a day that is observed annually in order to raise awareness of how patents, copyrights, trademarks, and designs impact daily life, and to celebrate creativity and the contribution made by creators and innovators to the development of societies across the globe. April 26 is the chosen date because that was the date when the convention establishing the World Intellectual Property Organization became effective back in 1970. Each year, there is a worldwide theme that is the centerpiece of World Intellectual Property Day. This year, the theme is Innovation, Improving Lives. According to the WIPO website, open quote, This year, we'll explore how innovation is making our lives healthier, safer, and more comfortable, turning problems into progress. In addition, according to WIPO, Programs around the world will look at how the intellectual property system supports innovation by attracting investment, rewarding creators, encouraging them to develop their ideas, and ensuring that their new knowledge is freely available so that tomorrow's innovators can build on today's new technology. How do you find out local events which are celebrating World Intellectual Property Day? That's easy if you go to the WIPO website. They have a world IP events map linked from their website this is at http colon double www.wipo.int forward slash ip hyphen outreach forward slash en forward slash ip day we'll have a link to that map from our ip fridays website at www.ipfridays.com there will be well over 130 events taking place around the globe and numerous law firms are also holding special events in their offices to mark the occasion for ip fridays i'm ken Suzanne.
2: thank you ken and now let's head into the interview with françois larose i am very excited to be joined by françois larose today if you don't know who françois is uh, i met him at intermeetings numerous intermeetings he is partner with boreskin and par and has been a trademark uh, lawyer for Burskin & Par for the last 10 years. He is also a licensed Quebec lawyer, and he is an expert in the legislation of Quebec, including the Charter of the French Language. And he is also a Jedi Master, as I was told. Thank you for being on the show, Francois.
0: My pleasure, Ralph. Thank you for the introduction.
2: So um, today we talk about the French language. Uh, That's our topic today and why is that important? So what is the charter of the French language? Uh, Well, the the charter of the French language it's is
0: very it's an important piece of legislation in the Canadian province of Quebec. Uh, It was adopted uh, 40 years ago actually in 1977 and it reiterates that French is the official language in Quebec, uh, meaning that French is a language of the state in its official, official communications, in uh, public schools, and also as language of, uh, of business. And so the purpose of the Charter is really to protect French in Quebec because, you know, uh, the, the population of Quebec is a little over 8.2 million, and at least 80% of the population speaks French at home. And But uh, Quebec is surrounded by the rest of Canada and the United States with populations of over 300 million English-speaking people. So French and Quebec uh, suffers important pressure
2: to adapt to the language of the majority and the charter is supposed to uh, to prevent that. So um, how does it relate to trademarks? I understand this charter does not require the translation of trademarks in Quebec, correct? That, that's correct, exactly. The
0: the charter is a provincial legislation while trademarks are governed by the Federal Trademarks Act. So the, the, pr- the province would not be able to uh, adopt a legislation that would, no, govern trademarks per se, unless they're trademarks only used in Quebec. So what the charter does, it, it, it imposes French as the language of business. For example, text on packaging for products sold in Quebec must be in French. So there may be other languages, but the inscription in the other language may not be given greater prominence than the French text. As well, for commercial publications such as catalogues, brochures, even websites, they must be in French. There, again, may be versions in another language, but French has to be displayed at least as prominently as every other language. And um, one tricky issue, and that's maybe the purpose of the, the talk today, is commercial public signage. It must It must also be in French. And there may be another language, but the main difference with the other obligations is that French must be markedly predominant which means that French must have greater visual impact than the other text, the text uh, in another language. So, for example, French is presumed to be markedly predominant if it is twice the size of the other language. Now, there are exceptions in the charter, for example, it provides that some text may be in a language other than French, such as uh, where, uh, you know, international usage requires it. Um, for example, expressions such as "such as um, made in Canada can be only in English, even in Quebec, or the copyright, or even the trademark symbol, it can be only in English. That's fine. We have a French equivalent, but it can be only in English because it's you know, internationally recognized. And also, the charter's regulations provide for several exceptions, um, such as a family name doesn't need to be translated, a given name, the name of a character, a place name, or among the exceptions, a recognized trademark within the meaning of the Trademarks Act, as long as no French version of the trademark has been registered. Now, recognized is not defined neither by the Charter or the regulations. There has been some debate as to whether the trademark has to be registered to be recognized, but the uh, Quebec courts have confirmed that unregistered trademarks may also benefit from the exception. So this means that if you have a trademark in another language than French, you can use it exclusively in that other language in
2: Quebec. So just to clarify, if uh, Walmart wanted to open a supermarket uh, in Quebec, they would have to write uh, Walmart and then Supermarché and Supermarket, or how would that work? Or would they also have to translate Walmart into some French version? Or so,
0: Yeah, so there's no translation requirement at all. So the, the trademark could be uh, in another language, it could be in English, for example. So that was... Then actually, until recently, that was the case. So you had an English-only trademark; it was registered or not, but just presume it's registered. You slap it in front of your storefront, and you can use it without any other descrip- descriptive so, language. That was then.
2: So now was it changed, and the, the, the rules changed? And when when did this change change happen, and and when did it come into force?
0: Right. So the. Uh, So, the example I just gave that a store would use an English-only trademark, and I'm saying English because most most of the issues are because of the English language. So, uh, a business would use an English-only trademark on their storefront, and the Office of the French Language, which is the governmental body that oversees application of the charter, changed its interpretation of the charter a few years ago. So, they relied on another provision of the charter that says that a business name must be in French. So, if you have a business incorporated in Quebec, the business name must be in French. You can have um, uh, a a distinctive element in another language than French, but you need to have descriptive elements in French. So Mm -hmm. the Office of the French Language started asking businesses using trademarks in another language than French on storefront signage to add a French descriptor saying that, you know, when your trademark is used on storefront signage, it's actually the name of the business that is used to identify the business to the public, which is, between you and me, not, not the case at all. Uh, so several businesses challenged this interpretation, and one, both before the Quebec Superior Court and the Quebec Court of Appeal. So the, the Quebec government, instead of trying to appeal before the Superior Court of Canada, decided to amend the regulations. So now, and that's really important, these amendments are, affect only trademarks on business signage visible from outside the store. That's very, very important, okay? It does not affect in-store signage. It does not affect text on products or commercial publications or any of the other exceptions. So in a nutshell, the amendments provide that businesses operating in Quebec must add French words to their non-French trademarks on outdoor signage, such as a description
2: of the business, uh, the product services or a slogan it's not only the name that is visible outside but also you say visible from outside that means also the the window the shopping window uh, anything that's inside the window also has to be somehow uh, in French absolutely so the trademark could stay uh, the,
0: the, it doesn't change the exception the, the trademark can still be another language than french but i'm going to explain exactly how it's going to work mm-hmm. but everything that you can see when you're outside is affected by this so this means that for where there's a non-french trademark and it is displayed on storefront signage or anywhere outside the store such as um, you know roofs rooftop uh, signage or signage Signage on a post, for example, or even inside the store, but it's visible from outside. There needs to be what what is called a sufficient presence of French on the signage. So that sufficient presence of French is text. It can be either a generic term, a description of the goods or services. Um, It can be a, a slogan or any other expression, ideally if it displays information on the goods and services to the benefit of the consumers. So so for example, a description of the goods or services, it could be, um, or the business, it could be boutique instead of a store. Uh, If it sells uh, clothing, you could have vetement, which is the French translation for clothing. Um, A slogan, for example, if uh, you have the best poutine in town, la meilleure poutine en ville, so you have the French translation of a, a slogan. Or any other uh, like, uh, information that could be interesting. For example, if you have uh, you know, made with organic ingredients only to describe the products, you can have ingredients biologiques seulement. So it's, it's information that's given to the consumers and it gives a French uh, presence to, uh, to the store. Now, the amendments also provide some guidelines as to what businesses can or cannot do. So, for example, what is called a precarious sign is not acceptable. So if it's just something you put on a sheet of paper and you slap it on the storefront, on the, on the, in the window, it's not sufficient. It has to be as permanent as the, uh, the English text. So the French text must be in the same visual field and must be designed or lit and located in a manner as to make the French text easy uh, to read at all time, if the trademark is also visible at all time. So if the trademark, if you can see the English trademark at night, you must be able to see the French description as well at night. And the text must be big enough to be readable either from the sidewalk, if the store is, is an outside store, or if the store is located inside a shopping mall, then it has to be visible from the center of the corridor facing the store. And uh, as to what businesses cannot do, well, some information will not be taken into account when we assess if, if there is sufficient presence of French, such as business hours. That's not that's not good enough. Or telephone numbers, or addresses, or numbers, percentages, or even uh, what we have: uh, definite or indefinite uh, articles. For example, if you have the um, like a hardware store and it's called uh, uh, Tools R Us you cannot just say le tools are us adding the french uh, article le it's not it's not good enough and the terms of course must be visible uh, must be big enough to be visible within the radius of, of uh, at least 1 meter unless the trademark is also very very small so there are some guidelines at what to what as to what and what we can't do to comply with these um, these new rules um so, moreover, if you wish to add a version in another language of the other text, remember that French needs to be markedly predominant, like I talked about earlier. That means that if the trademark is, for example, in English only, such as, uh, let's give an example. So, you have a restaurant, it's called a Mad Cow. Okay, Mad Cow, that's the name of the restaurant. There's a trademark, uh, and it's in English only. So, you need to add... French descriptor or slogan, such as La meilleure poutine en ville So you have your French slogan If you wish to add an English version of the slogan, the best poutine in town you can, but remember that French would need to have greater visual impact than the English version. So for example, you could have the slogan in French twice as big Um, And uh, so these amendments came into force on November 24th of 2016 Uh, They apply immediately to all new signage and existing signage that is not compliant compliant has a three year to
2: comply with these uh, uh, regulations. So let's talk about the advantages and disadvantages for brand owners. Let's start with the advantages. What are the advantages for brand owners in uh, Quebec?
0: Well, well, one of the if, well, if you're trying to find some advantages, I, it's easy, it's quite easy. I mean, as I mentioned, Quebec's population is over eighty percent French speaking. So anyone doing business there should know its audience. And uh, so, adding French to signage in Quebec is actually a good marketing initiative to connect with with customers. So, in a way, it forces businesses to uh, to you know to be aware of that reality and to connect more with uh, with customers. Pretty much the only
2: advantages I can see for business owners. So, what would be the disadvantages?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe we mostly see the dis- disadvantages of this uh, these new rules. I mean, the first one, of course, is cost. If you need to change your signage, uh, there are costs relating to that. If you just need to add new words, uh, come up with new ideas uh, for um, for more text, uh, you know, there are costs associated to that. Um, also, uh, and what I think is the biggest. advantage, inconvenient is a business should always make sure not to negatively affect the integrity of the trademark. You know, in Canada, and I'm sure in in many other countries, a mark must be used as registered. So any important deviation could result in the cancellation of the registration for non-use. So you want to make sure that uh, if you use a trademark you don't start playing around with it and then you end up using a completely different trademark than the one that is, that is registered. And the same goes for international businesses that want to maintain a global branding image. You have a specific image that you use everywhere. If you come here, you don't want to have to change that image. So you need to make sure that when you make those additions provided by these new regulations, you don't uh, you know, affect the integrity of the trademark. Um, now. For example, could businesses go even further and translate their mark in French? No, absolutely. And several businesses have done it with quite success in, in Quebec. Uh, a few examples, uh, KFC. Uh, it's PFK in Quebec. And uh, it's the same company people understand. It's the same company. So there, there's no loss of goodwill in Quebec because of that. So it is possible to translate your trademark. Of course, it, it requires important um marketing expenses to make sure you pe- people know that it's the same brand or it's the same company. But again, be mindful on the impact of your business global branding image.
2: Right. And I imagine if you are changing the trademark into a French version like PFK, um in Quebec, uh, then the trademark would still be considered in use because in in other parts of Canada, the trademark is still used as KFC, and it would not be prone to cancellation. I guess.
0: Yes, exactly, and I'm pretty sure I haven't checked, but they must have registered a French version as well. Uh, and since yes. like the regulation uh, provide the trademark exception is, you can use an English-only trademark provided there's no French version registered.
2: If you register a French trademark, you need to use it in Quebec. I see. Okay. Um, About two years ago, you were a guest on the show talking about the changes in the Canadian trademark law um, with regard to NIS classes and to international registrations, Um, and the changes have been ongoing for a while now. Are there any news uh, for trademark owners all over the world regarding Canada, Um, as, for example, accession to the Nice uh, or Madrid system?
0: Yes, yes. Um, We're still waiting, but um, (coughs) sorry about that. Uh, So last year, the the Trademarks Office expected these uh, amendments to come into force in 2018, but they recently advised everyone that they were confident that these amendments would finally come into force early 2019, so two years from now. So like you said, remember that these amendments, uh, so Canada will start using the Nice classification system. And actually, we already starting to use it, it's not mandatory, but um, when we apply for a new trademark uh, obligation, we're encouraged to indicate the these classification. So so we're already started, uh, I've already started doing that. And also, so in two years, we'll join the Madrid protocol. And uh, you know, it takes some time for so the Trademarks Office to adapt to these changes. So that's why the changes take so much time to, to come into force. Um, and I also want to remind you of one of the main changes Um, in Canada, which will be the removal of the use requirement to obtain a registration in Canada. So such big, it's a very, very big change, but we have another two years uh, to adapt. So we'll, we'll take that two years.
2: So what would be your suggestion to um, trademark owners all over the world? Should they uh, wait uh, or should they file now? or? My suggestion would be to file
0: as soon as possible in Canada. First, the, uh, when the NIST classification systems come into force, we assume that there will be a fee per class. So right now in Canada, there's only one filing fee, notwithstanding the list of goods and services. So if you want to save on filing fees, now is the time to file. And uh, even though the trademark will not be used by anyone filing today and not be used before uh, several years, I mean, it's not too bad because in two years when the um, amendments come into force, um, all trademarks that there are, there are allowed to registration would be a- able to to, uh, to grant registration even though use has not come in um, because of the effect of this new legislation. So right now you would be saving on filing fees and you would need to file a declaration of use years from now because of these these new amendments. So right now is really the time to file um, for trademarks. As well if I may uh, for non-traditional trademarks uh, with these new amendments it would be a requirement to um, show that these marks uh, have become distinctive uh, in Canada, and some of these marks such as uh, you know, three-dimensional, three-dimensional marks or sound marks, you don't need to show that right now in Canada. But when the amendments come into force, you will need to. So if you want to have um, registration for those marks in Canada without, without having to show that they have become distinctive in Canada through
2: extensive use, now is the time to file them. So file trademarks now, basically. <laughs> good. Very good. <laughs> Um, That has been a very interesting interview, Um, if people want to learn more about uh, the French language rules in Quebec or um, about other trademark um, changes in um, Canada, how could people reach you personally?
0: Well, uh, I assume you'll post my uh, email address. on, associated with the podcast so people can write to me of course it will be always a pleasure to answer basic questions uh, and uh, if they can find my contact information on our, uh, our website bereskinandpar.com uh, we also have lots of useful articles on our website so it's always a
2: pleasure if anyone has any question, don't hesitate So, thank you very much for being on the show and may the force be with you <laughs> Thank you, Ralph, <laughs>
0: looking forward to see you again
2: Okay, thank you, Francois Thank you
1: That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting IPFridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at IPFridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, Please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com/feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com/itunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com/voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.